Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Tuesday afternoon, everyone. Kip Harridge here with the Daily VRA Investing Podcast. As always, appreciate you joining us here. We appreciate your feedback. Come join us full-time anytime you'd like at VRAinsider.com. Again, VRAinsider.com. That's our, uh, that's our pitch for today. Let's get to the markets now. All-time, uh, can we say broken record? I think we can say broken record. All-time highs again today in NASDAQ. Clear breakout. Breakout on steroids. What I like about this breakout in NASDAQ is it being led by the semis. Semis hit all-time highs yesterday. That, by the way, broke an all-time high in the semis from the SMH Semiconductor ETF from February. That's a big breakout. It lagged, and now it's leading semis today up 1%. Uh, led the markets clearly back-to-back days. Yesterday, semis up 2.3%. This really is – this is how a melt-up higher builds up steam. You know, that's what we've been calling for some time. We think we're right on the cusp as of an explosive move higher in these markets uh, that will take us into earnings uh, for Q2. And then we'll probably start taking some profits. But this is the time we believe to be aggressively long this market. I'll tell you why more in just a moment. Tell you about the markets quick. Again, all-time highs today in NASDAQ up 27 points, 14,528. All-time high in SP500 up just a point, but a new closing high at 4,291. Uh, Dow Jones still has about, what is it, about 700 points to go for an all-time high of nine points today at 34,292. And finally, Russ 2000 got about a percent, well, less than a percent, to, no, right at a percent to go for an all-time high, uh, down 13 points today at 2308. Kind of a strange day of trading today. It started to build some steam about midday. And then I think the people just got re- reminded that this is typically not a great time to invest. Now, that's about to change. We're coming out of one of the worst weeks, seasonally speaking, one of the worst weeks to be an investor, okay? That's the, actually, we're in that now, but that's about to change. It's being tomorrow, we go into the best two-week period of the year for the stock market. July 4th weekend, technically, we like to get a little bit of an early start because that's when fun flows start coming in. But historically speaking, going back to 1950, July 4th weekend, starting Friday for two weeks, Kicks off the best two weeks of the year. Again, back to 1950, we're looking at some very good short-term gains of, of uh, about 1.7% over two weeks. Folks, that, that's pretty good. That's, matter of fact, that's really good. And so that's where we're ending. And, and it's not just that. Again, we're coming up also not only just an end of month. That's, that's almost always bullish because fund flows, retirement funds, uh, uh, pension funds, et cetera, are getting allocated into the markets. That's part of the, uh, the historical equity fund flow is very, very bullish. Uh, but it's not, it's not just beginning of the month. It's beginning of a new quarter, beginning of the third quarter. Can you believe it, folks? And so uh, we got, again, an onslaught of, of equity inflows. We're already at all-time highs for inflows. That's probably going to double from here into year end. Uh, we're already at all-time highs for share buybacks. If you notice, the banks yesterday just uh, reinstated their buybacks. This is on, we're probably going to have a trillion dollars in share buybacks by the end of the year. So, if it sounds like I mean I'm really really bullish, it's because I am really really bullish. Uh, we believe this is a great time to be an investor. Very similar to the 1995 to 2000 period. The folks, the, the parallels and the correlations 
to what, what happened then versus now. Uh, we're actually writing a book about this. Part of this is included in it. Folks, everybody is calling Joe Biden this radical president, and he certainly likes to talk like one, not that he's running anything. But if you notice that his radical stuff is not happening, now the border's a sieve, right? That's another story. Actually, I would love to have that conversation. I would love to have that honest conversation, but I would be terminated, not just uh, deplatformed from a social media. I'd be terminated from life for saying the things that I want to say about what's happening there. Uh, but I think a lot of people probably would agree with it. But, you know, you can't say the truth anymore. It'll get you banned from everything. So I'll just talk instead about what Biden's doing that really is not radical. Was first of all, we covered this some last week, you know, uh, Tyler and I have been, been looking at all of Biden's programs. And remember, he just got denied the ability to, uh, to do away with the filibuster. That, that's, that's not going to happen. He also got denied the ability to implement his Voting Rights Act. That's not going to happen. The votes aren't there. There's too many Democrats that actually have some, uh, some, some bit of common sense. And they're just not going not to approve it. His infrastructure bill, remember, was going to be well over $2 trillion. He cannot even get a half a trillion dollars passed now. The point is, he's beginning very much, as I covered last week on my podcast, my long one, he is beginning very much to look like Bill Clinton. That's a really good thing if that's the case. Bill Clinton got uh, elected. He had everything. He had a Democrat Senate, Democrat House. Obviously, Democrat presidency had all the power in the world. And what happened? He became a moderate. All of his big-time far-left liberal talking points, out the window. He was the father of the crime bill, along with Joe Biden, by the way. He loved police. He, 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 loved, a, he loved border controls, if you remember. And then all of a sudden, when it came time for midterms, he got smoked. Dems got smoked. They lost the House. And they lost the Senate, and that remained the case for the rest of his presidency, the final six years. The end result was that gridlock took place, and he had to work with Republicans. They actually got some really good things passed. He ran a budget surplus, last president to do that. And our favorite part, the Dow Jones average gains of 26% per year during his eight years. No president before or since has ever done better. Those are the best returns the stock market has never had under a single president that happened under Bill Clinton. Point being, who wouldn't take all of that under Joe Biden? Would that not be something that we could all get behind if we can just ignore the, the, the crazy talk? But I, I think the bigger point is, remember, Joe Biden's not really running anything. It's either the planners or the deep state or the shadow government. Call on what you want to. But we, we see a lot of similarities here to 95 to 2000. And again, the dot-com melt-up took place under Bill Clinton. 575% gains over five years, 115% a year average. We see the parallels, folks, and the market we think is telling us. And there's one more thing. Bill Clinton did not have a global economy that it just had $30 trillion inserted into it because we just had that under, under Biden and Trump. 
But because of coronavirus insanity, the updated figures thank you to Bank of America, total stimulus has risen from $22 trillion officially to $30.5 trillion, and there's more coming. I don't know exactly why they want to melt the stock market up, but folks, they want to melt the stock market up. All we have to do is pay attention. Don't fight the tape. Don't fight the Fed. Go aggressively long. Buy pullbacks. Rinse and repeat. Rinse and repeat. That's what we've been doing. It's what we'll continue to do. We love pullbacks. We just think they're going to be few and far between. Uh, okay, let's get into a couple other things today. I just got to remind our, our, our VRA members know this. Uh, and by the way, again, love this action in the semis. We're very long in this group. Love this. Love this. That We think it's a melt-up environment for the semis. They're leading now big time. Very long and strong there. Uh, we also alerted our members what happened to us today, uh, yesterday, with MailChimp, our, our uh, email service provider. They banned us yesterday because we dared to talk about coronavirus vaccines. We dared to repeat the information from Veers, which is, of course, a... We'll call it a somewhat government agency. It, it, it is essentially a government agency that reports the truth and results on vaccines, right? Uh, the, uh, the, 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 the damage uh, that's come from them, in this case, a lot. We dare to report that, what is it, 4,500, 5,500 people now, according to VAERS, have died from one of the coronavirus vaccines just in the U.S. That number is 15,000 in Europe, with 1.5 million people that have been injured. Again, these are public reports. We dared to reference that yesterday, and MailChimp immediately banned us from using their services because we reported government-reported facts. How dare we talk about vaccine facts that come straight from government sources? What is wrong with us? As Tyler reminded me a few minutes ago, you know you're right over the target when they start banning you for reporting the truth. That's when you know you're over the target. There's something very fishy, folks, about these vaccines. Very fishy about these vaccines. I think when the truth is out about these, and I know, I know a lot of listeners are, have had one, right? And I've, it's your personal choice. My point is, for God's sakes, if your kids haven't had one, please think about that. Please think about that. And maybe think about it for, because you know, they're just starting they're they're gonna they're gonna drink the, they're gonna beat this drum about getting your booster dose next, and it's just gonna be nonstop. They've got to make a lot of profit for these pharmaceutical companies. They've just for some reason this is they've got to make them trillions of dollars because that's how, of course that's how the, the the game is rigged. But if you saw the news today, last point about coronavirus insanity. Actually, I got two points to make about it. The last non-stock market point, the World Health Organization today and the state of California recommended that people start wearing masks again because of the Delta variant. Even if you've been vaccinated, California is making it required now. Oh, my God. Folks, this stopped being about health long ago. Long, long ago. The Delta variant. Has, has anyone even died from this thing? I mean, I, I, I know there have been, so I hate to be, uh, you know, I don't want to be cruel, but I actually saw the figure today. It is a minuscule amount. I mean, it's like having a flu. If you're really old and sick, it's not a good thing. Everybody else, you're going to be okay. I mean, that just is the way it is. So, 
for my last stock market point. Tyler covered this yesterday. We are back to, it looks very much like we're back to at least some version of the coronavirus playbook. Kathy Wood nailed this. It's about innovation, tech, growth, momentum, but certainly tech and semi-tech. And look at these big tech companies. Megatech is leading. That's exactly what happened when we started coronavirus insanity. So maybe this is telling us, folks, we're getting back into lockdowns. I mean, we're, what are we, three months away from flu season? As impossible as it is to believe, it's increasingly likely that we're going to have states, all Democrat-run, well, maybe not. There's some Republican uh, governors that are idiots, too. But we're going to get states that are locking down again. California is about to do it already. Look what's happened in Australia. They, they have a few cases and they're locking down half the country. Insanity. But the people are putting up with it. That's how you know you're really screwed. These are countries that could be invaded quickly and, and could be taken over quickly because their people have just given up. Right? They've just given. There's no fight. There's, they, they have no fight left. They are dominated people. Not, not the case with Texas. I can promise you that. Not the case with Florida. A few other states as well. But boy, these Democrat-run states. They could be invaded, and it would probably be a battle that lasted about an hour. That's how weak these sheeple have become. We've talked about this open and often and honestly as we can going back to last February. If you've been joining us, you know that I, I, we've never changed anything that we've said. We've never apologized for anything we've said. We've been right as rain about all of it. We, missed, we did miss something. We missed the, the 38% decline, excuse me, collapse in the market that took place over five weeks. We missed that. Just could not believe that this was actually happening. It did. It's all right. You know, we did. We, uh, we found a way to make a lot of money out of it anyway. We went really long, about four days before the bottom, and uh, added a bunch of new positions. So, but, that, but the point I'm making is, is that we think it's important to speak your, to speak your, uh, speak your peace. Because otherwise, all people are going to hear is what they're hearing from the media, and that's nothing but lies. You know, mass hysteria, propaganda, and so uh, you know we believe in uh, we believe in making your voice heard. Now, we have a platform, so it's easier for us to do that. But I think people recognize the truth. Man, I know this. People recognize the truth when they see it, and when they hear it. Truth resonates. It does. So before we get allow our rulers, our leaders, our planners, whoever they are, <laughs> these shadow cowards that just want to dominate us like China, right? that's the Chinification of the world's what's happening here. Before we allow that to happen, folks, we've got to speak up and fight back. You know, you've got to make your voice heard. You've got to make your voice heard. I know most of you on this, on this podcast have been doing exactly that. Kudos, keep doing it. And uh, I promise you that we're in your corner and we got your back. Uh, okay, let's take a look at the internals today. Uh, not, these were not good. See, this, is, this, is, this probably is because of the seasonality. Again, this is 
This is not historically a great time to be in the market. It's pretty amazing the market's even going up right now. But the internals, I mean, <clears throat> these, these, were, these were awful today, if I'm being honest. For a market that was up today, even if just slightly, uh, advanced decline, negative, both NYSE and NASDAQ. Not terribly so, but decidedly negative. Volume. Volume on NYSE was negative by 1 billion shares. That's not good. Uh, NASDAQ volume was positive by about $500 million worth of trading. That's, that's okay. We'll take it. Uh, the, the, the kicker, the, the plus, let me add this up again. Got a fresh, uh, a late, late refresh. Uh, we had uh, uh, 301 stocks hit new 52 week highs to just 45. Hit a new 52-week close. Again, that's, that's been a, uh, a great indicator all year. It's only had a negative reading five days this year, so we'll take that. But we do want to see these internals start to improve. These are not good. But again, starting tomorrow, we should, we're entering, historically speaking, back to 1950, the best two weeks of the year. So we want to see these internals begin to improve. Otherwise, we will begin to start taking some profits on some positions here. Um, the banks, by the way, got slaughtered today. I say that, you know, banks, what, why are the banks going down like this? Here we have yesterday bank stocks, uh, so many of the, uh, the major banks saying, okay, we passed the, uh, you know, we passed all these uh, tests. We were healthy as could be. And, uh, now we're going to raise our dividends significantly in some cases double. And now, now we're going to start buying back a shit ton of stock. Right, this was all announced after the close yesterday. So why was the BKX down almost 1% today? Right? Even if rates were a little higher. That's that's interesting. That's interesting. Uh, but anyway, we do want to see the internal start to improve. And we're hopeful that will begin tomorrow. Uh, in our sector watch of our 11 SP500 sectors, not good here either. We had eight finished lower, three finished higher. Utilities down 1.6%. What was up with that? That's a big drop in utilities. That. I'm not sure what that says. Maybe a slowing economy. Communication services down a half percent. Energy down a half percent. Don't really like seeing that because oil was up today. To the upside, tech was up uh, seven-tenths of one percent. Again, pretty quiet elsewhere. And our commodity watch, gold continues to get hit back down to seventeen sixty-one, down $19 an ounce. Look, it, it's been a pretty tight trading range. But with interest rates still decidedly negative, I think what we're seeing here, really, this is an opportunity for people to say, look, we're, we think this market's going to melt up. Why, why own gold here? Also, Bitcoin's been rallying. I'll talk about that more in a moment. That definitely, people have definitely sold gold and silver and moved into Bitcoin. And frankly, for, as a trade only, I can't fault people for that right now. I'll tell you why in just a moment. Silver today down 34 cents an ounce at 25.88. Copper down two cents a pound at four twenty six. Oil today again up up fifty four cents a barrel at seventy three forty six. Great looking chart. Oil's going a whole lot higher as is natural gas. So Bitcoin finally. Bitcoin today up nineteen hundred dollars back to thirty six thousand three fifty. So Bitcoin's still below its fifty day and two hundred day. Fifty day is not as big a concern. The two hundred day is at about forty, just over forty two thousand dollars. So Bitcoin's still about six thousand uh, dollars below. It's 200-day moving average, and it's been below it for a while. Technically, that's a concern. But if you saw the news yesterday, 
Kathy Wood's ARK uh, filed for their own version of their Bitcoin ETF. That makes 13 companies that have filed for a Bitcoin ETF. Folks, the SEC is going to approve the trading of Bitcoin ETFs. I believe that happens inside of 30 days, maybe inside of three weeks. I'm not sure which ones will be given the, the, uh, the AOK to begin trading, but there have been a lot of them out there that beat even Kathy Wood to punch, of course. So I would expect one of those, a few of those, handful of those, to get uh, uh, blessed first. But that's very bullish for Bitcoin because it, now the public can buy Bitcoin, will be able to buy Bitcoin easily. You won't have to have a, a Coinbase account. Or, you know, and that's not necessarily a great thing for Coinbase, but it'll be easier for people to just go, okay, I'm not going to own Bitcoin by itself, but at least I'll have the exposure to the asset itself. And so these ETFs will bring out a lot of new buying, and that is short-term bullish. It may not be long-term bullish, but it's certainly short-term bullish, and it might get us to what our target has been, which is $100,000 uh, uh, for Bitcoin. That might be enough to get us there. The trading is ETS. We think it's really bullish. We think you own Bitcoin now. We'll feel better about that call when Bitcoin gets back above its 200-day moving average. All right, folks, that's it for the day. Again, always appreciate you joining us. Hope you had a great day and even better night. We'll see you back here again tomorrow after the close.